This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. That right now. So, hey, everyone, thank you for joining us on Back Talk, the talk show for black parents. Today we have Kumi, Kumi Ralph, right? Is that how you say it, Ralph? Make sure I pronounce it right. I don't want to pronounce it wrong with the whole broadcast, Kumi. <laughs> no, you're pronouncing it right. Good. And he ha- he's the founder uh, of I Love Being Black Cultural Movement and Apparel. So I just want you guys to get to know him. We're going to talk to him a little bit today. Um, hold on a minute. I have somebody in here. I don't want in. All right, so Kumi, tell us the guests who you are and how your this movement got started, why it's so important. Tell us the who you are and Okay. Greetings, everybody. My name is Kumi Rauf. Uh, like Celeste said, uh, like Janice said, <clears throat> I'm the founder of I Love Being Black and most recently Traveling Black, which is a movement that uh, kind of takes black people around the world. We get to introduce black people to different black cultures. Uh, we just got back from Cuba about four days ago, which is why my, uh, my voice is a little bit hoarse right now. So bear with me. Um, but with I Love Being Black, we focus on positivity, awareness, and action amongst black people worldwide. Right. Well, and, and now you, you have this apparel line that I see you wearing. Like, when did that start? And what gave you that idea? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm wearing one of our, uh, our thermals since it's wintertime. But the apparel line actually started in college in the late 90s. Um, it wasn't even supposed to be an apparel line. Honestly, it was, uh, it was just how I felt. I made one shirt and I wore it around campus on a predominantly white campus, uh, the university of California, Santa Barbara. I made one shirt, wore it around campus just to see what would happen, you know, and it created a lot of conversations, um, amongst black people and amongst non-black people as well. And so people kept asking me, where did you get that shirt? Where'd you get that shirt? Um, can you make me one? My size is, you know, medium, large. Here's my dorm room number, whatever. So I started to do that. And, uh, you know, then the BSU, the Black Student Union kind of picked it up. Um, and, you know, it went from there. And everywhere I would wear the shirt, people would ask me, where did you get that shirt? Where did you get that shirt? I need one. Um, but I still kind of went into corporate America, did that whole dance. Uh, and in 2008, me and corporate America parted ways and I never looked back. Okay, I'm understanding there's an echo when I speak, so let me just do this. I'm not sure why that is right now, but okay, thank you. I will try to work it out. You sound good on my end. There's no echo here. Yeah, I'm wondering, because I hear feedback in my earpiece, so I'm not sure why that is. We'll figure it out. All right, so I'm going to sound good. So let's talk about that conversation a little bit that your shirts, you know, created. So one thing that I, I found out that surprised me is that other cultures are surprised that we are happy to be black like like we should not want to be black so that's what that kind of was an awakening to me because you know i love my hair i love my skin color why should we not be happy that we're black i mean i never got that so have you ever come into the uh, or cross someone who was like surprised like why would you want to be black have you ever run into that yet yeah yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, a lot of times. Um, yeah, no, we, we do encounter that um, pretty much daily. You know, a lot of times people think I love being black as some sort of joke. 
Right. Uh, well, let me rephrase. A lot of times, non-black people, uh, specifically white people, think that I love being black is some sort of joke. Uh, and just like you said, they'll say, well, why would you want to be black? Ha, ha, ha. Look at that funny shirt, X, Y, and Z. Even when they come to our Facebook page that has like 6.5 million fans, they'll say like, oh, you know, I, I came here thinking this was a joke, but you guys are serious. You guys are talking all this black, black, black stuff. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll just tell them straight up like this, you know, this isn't for you. This this movement isn't an anti-white movement, because a lot of times what they do is they look at things that we're doing and they think that they're sort of at the epicenter of it. You know, as as in I love being black is an anti-white thing and we're focusing on white people and then we're going to post a bunch of stuff like, you know, kill white people or, you know, anti-white people or we hate the white man, bring him down or something like that. But what I learned a long time ago was that if you focus on them, then you're not putting enough energy towards us. You're actually taking energy away from us. So what we need to do is not try to fix them, because honestly, I've lost faith that you can actually fix other people. But what we can do is fix ourselves. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we do encounter that a lot. Uh, and I think it comes from a place of ignorance and not from a place of, of malice. You know, so I don't think that they're, you know, uh, extremely racist, anti-black. I think that just, they're just plainly ignorant. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a man who, who doesn't know that that women uh, go through their own plight. You know what I mean? And, and, and thinking, why would you wear I love being woman shirt? Ha ha ha. Why would you need to lift up women or something like that? It's the same type of thing um, when you encounter ignorant non-black people that think this shirt is a joke or the movement is a joke. No, we get the same thing with the Black Parenting Magazine. Why Black Parenting Magazine? What if it was White Parenting Magazine? I'm like, but that's existed without the white for like ages. So I don't get it. But let me have you raise your on the, it looks good on our back end, but on our front end, you can just cutting you off right above the eyes. So if you can lift your, use a laptop or because I'm cutting your head off. Yeah, that's better. I can see your whole head because <laughs> it was just cutting you off right here. So don't good. cut my head off. Don't cut my head off. <laughs> But yeah, I want to make sure we see all of you. But yeah, so we get that yeah. all the time. And I'm not, you know, I just, I'm like, I don't get it. I've run into people saying, oh, but we're all the same. Oh, that drives me nuts. I'm right. like, we're not all the same. We were all the same. We wouldn't have these issues. We're not all the same, nor do I want to be all the same. And that surprises people all the time when right. I say that. I say, I don't want to be like you. I'm different. I have my culture. Right. And I'm like, you all, every time somebody says black, all they think about is skin, skin. I'm like, we are more than just our skin. We're a whole culture. We have uh, this one commonality, especially people in America from the African diaspora. We all came from, you know, Africa over to here. A lot of us anyway, you know, back during that time. So that particular culture has that connection. We have um, Jamaicans who come over here in different forms of ways, some through slavery, some on their own recently. We have people from all over the world and people all over the world can all relate to the whole thing that they feel and experience in different places called racism. So we all have that connection. And I think it's important that it, it does become a conversation. So your shirts, if, it, if that's what it does, then go for it. I think that's amazing. So in addition you, to that, you, 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 you know, you're welcome. I give you all kudos in the world for that. Um, now, wait, let's just go back for a minute. I just need everybody to know this. You have <laughs> six million followers like on Facebook. How? What did you do? Like, that's like magic voodoo. It's like how the heck? And you're a social media person. So you got to like share a little bit 
for people that are watching, how in the world do you amass six million followers? Did they just follow you like you're the Piper, you're Jesus, you're Black Jesus? That's what you are, like, <laughs> Black Jesus. All right, no, if now we're here, nobody, don't anybody write me in for about saying blasphemy. I'm just joking. It's a joke. You can't take a joke. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tell us how did you do that? Um, I mean. I wish there was some sort of easy button. I do whole seminars answering this one question right here. Um, getting to 6 million fans, it was, it was a long road, you know what I mean? And, and some of that was just taking advantage of there wasn't enough positivity out there on Facebook about black people. So we Wait, decided to create it very again. early. Cutting your head off again. So I don't know what it is. Uh-oh. You only see your nose. All right. You're going to have to sit back like that or adjust your computer. But please, I'm lean back. I'm going to lean back. Because I want to know <laughs> all about this. All right, go ahead. Okay, okay. So yeah, you know, we 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 jumped at the chance to create something positive on Facebook and we did that early. You know what I mean? Um there weren't many people out there speaking positive about black people on Facebook. You know, you have your world star, you have your, you know, your kind of BET, you have th- those whole realms that are just speaking about, you know, anything black that will get likes and clicks and entertainment, but what we were talking about was positivity, awareness and action amongst black people worldwide. And there weren't a lot of people doing stuff like that. Um, and we use pictures to kind of back up everything we say. So, you know, we will we'll we'll travel and we'll do a photo shoot in every single country that we go to. So if we go to Ghana, we're doing a photo shoot there. And then guess what? All these stereotypes and all this other stuff you had in your head about Ghana, because you've never really seen pictures from there, maybe. Now they're gone because you're like, oh, look, that sister looks just like me. Or, oh, look, check out her style. That's kind of fly. Like, I want to dress like that or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of get a little piece of that culture. So I think a lot of people check in to our page because they're getting something that they don't get anywhere else. Right. I'm showing some of the pictures now. And I saw on your bio that you are a photographer. So mm-hmm. that obviously has helped you and influence what you do. Because you can see oh, yeah. the beauty in your in your photograph, especially this one. This is one of my favorite. Can you tell us a little <laughs> yeah. bit about this picture? Because this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So with the photography, I mean, my my dad's a photographer. My uncle Tumani's a photographer. My brother's a photographer. So it kind of was one of those things that's like you you got to pick this up, you know. And if you really want to tell your story, you have to pick it up because we can't complain about our story not being told. And we're not actively trying to tell our own story. So that picture right there was in Salvador, Bahia, Brazil. Salvador, Bahia, Brazil has got a piece of my heart. They have about 80% Black people in this city. Uh, It used to be the capital city of Brazil. Um, Brazil was the last country in the Western Hemisphere to abolish slavery in 1888. They have more Black people in Brazil than they do in any other country besides Nigeria. Literally, they have over 100 million Black people in Brazil, and nobody knows that. I agree. I just right. saw just a few minutes ago a map of also slavery and how that's in South America, in the area of Brazil, that's where most of the slave trade happened. Like, oh, yep. yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So this photo right here, those two sisters who are actually sisters uh, in the middle of that photo, we were doing a photo shoot and we come across um, this this it's basically like a drumming troupe of kids um that uh that, but they're much more than that right they told me the story behind these groups because i'm like wow i see all these groups of kids like in these basically drumming groups you know is this what they do like during the day and they said well basically school in brazil for kids is a half day it's a half day literally i'm like a half day every single day is a half day I'm like how are you getting enough information and education to to do what you need to do 
And they're like, well, basically, if you have the money, you can pay for like a better school and you'll get like a full day. So what happens is these drumming groups come along. They help keep kids off the street, but they also are teaching them things, you know, reinforcing things that they learned in school. Um, You know, they're 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 Portuguese, they're math they're this or that, whatever. And I'm like, wow, that's such a good story. And, And it's all like just community based. So you see all these kids, they're together, they're keeping them off the street, they're keeping them away from drugs. Um, there's a huge issue with drugs, especially in that that specific community. Crack is a kid's drug in Brazil. Oh, no. It's a kid's drug. That. And when I say crack, I mean actual crack. Like you will see a nine-year-old boy lighten up some. Like, oh, he's, is, what's he doing over there? He's smoking a cigarette? No, he's smoking crack. So um, these groups, is extremely important to lift them up. Uh, and to tell their story, because this is what they're doing down there. And I think black people in general have always done things to sort of correct course. You know, we do whatever we need to do to correct course, which is why we're still here today. Right, right. I had no idea about uh, the the crack issue with um, kids. I haven't been to Brazil in quite a while, but this that's uh, that's just crazy to even think about. Um, yeah. Looking at this picture. So it seems like, though, um, Everywhere you go, people are happy to like support you here. Look at that. Look at that picture. <laughs> Where's this one? That's Colombia, um, Cartagena, oh. Colombia. Um, you know, we did a photo shoot and I was like, I need that kid in the photo shoot. He's got like, he should be on posters and model ads and all kinds of stuff everywhere. He's just got the brightest smile and the best persona. Half the time he's running around playing soccer and I'm just, I'm just trying to follow him with the camera. Just boom, 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 boom. You know, he was he was a great kid, and I got to practice my Spanish as well. So awesome! Now I know you were a uh, also a photographer for like Essence festivals and things like that. So you have done this professionally, not just as like a hobby or to promote your business, right? Yeah, yeah. So we lately in the last I would say three or four years we've done more like international media accreditations. So we've done uh, two years at the Essence Festival in Durban, South Africa. We've done you know. Um, Zanzibar, Tanzania, at this festival out there called Sauti Zabusara. We've done that for one year. Uh, we've done Feira Preta in Brazil. We've done, you know, the Cape Town Jazz Festival in uh, in Cape Town, South Africa. We've done so. We've, we've done a lot of these things where we get to go behind the scenes and we get to get up front in the media pit and take photos of like these wonderful artists and these awesome, amazing events. Uh, and some of that we're tying in now with traveling black. So the, the new page, traveling.black, if you go to traveling.black in your browser, you'll hit it. Um, we literally are taking tours of people around the world to experience these cultures firsthand. Because what we, what we realize is all these stereotypes and whatever you have built up about other cultures, whether it be on the continent or off the continent throughout the diaspora, those are shattered. If you show up in person, those are shattered. And even if they have any stereotypes about you, those are also shattered because you're coming there. You want to meet them. You want to build with them, you know, eat their food, you know, share stuff with them, learn stuff from them in a symbiotic relationship. And if we keep doing that and we do it on a, on a grander scale, we're using, you know, uh, black guides, we're eating at black restaurants, we're studying black. If we all do that on a grander scale, I think it's, it's going to help out and we're all going to be able to tackle these issues that we face on a global issue, on a global scale. Absolutely. Let's talk about here in our country for a minute, because yeah. um, we're in a climate that I haven't seen before that I've only read about or heard about um, here in America. And I'm seeing like the it's causing the black community for the most part to come together. Right. 
But every now and then <laughs> I see some outliers that come out of the woodwork and I can't just relate to what they're saying because it sounds like um, the people who are so gung ho to oppress us, they sound like them, but they don't look like them. They look like yeah. us. So I'm kind of uh, I'm confused. I don't get it. I'm like, where are they living? I, I haven't experienced obviously what they've experienced. So but what are your opinion on, on these people? I think, you know, I don't name anybody, but I, I think we all have like can visualize some of those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're in this 45 era with Trump um, and, you know, <clears throat> America is under a microscope right now, um, which honestly, if you look at it like a silver lining can be a good thing. But remember, it's just a silver lining. Right. Trump is doing a lot of awful, terrible stuff. But the good thing is people are beginning to wake up on an even faster rate. We were already starting to wake up. But now we're waking up a little bit faster. But you're right. There are there are some people kind of around the fringes. You know, they got the Trump shirt on. They got the you know, they got the I even saw a black guy wearing a KKK costume. Um, you know, all, all these all these different things that you're like, wow, you know, what happened? No, this is one of my favorite sayings. The arc wasn't built for everybody. You know wow. what I mean? So, yeah, okay. you know, not everybody's going to be able to make it. We're not, you know, even though they're black, they're not going to be able to come down this, this this road and ride off into the sunset with us. You know, some people yeah. are going to get lost along the way. Um, and, you know, we can we can we can re re encounter um, and re engage as many of those people as we can. But some of them won't come back. Right, right. I, it's amazing to me because uh, I just like I said, I wonder what experiences they have and what are they thinking for their children? Because some of the people, just their morals that I see in politics and it's on both sides. I've seen it. So but um, some of the morals I've seen, I wouldn't let my children hang out with them if they were somebody's parents. So I just right, don't get it. Right. I just don't get it. But yeah, they'll, just, they'll sell their own own family member if it's going to benefit them or if they might get a raise or, you know, look good in front of this person or that person or whatever. You know, yeah, you, know. yeah, just I mean, with the whole Omarosa stuff, you have all kinds of stuff going on. That's like, wow, like that's the choice you made. Okay, you know, oh, you're gonna go perform. Okay, you know, you're gonna <laughs> just all these different things. Like literally, people will people will sell their own family members, let alone your average black person. No, uh, yeah, no, but you know what bothers me? I I teach high school too, so um, and I happen to teach television production, so we are always doing news and journalism. So one of the things that always comes to, to uh, me as a shock is how uninformed teens are, you know, of all races. And they had to, I mean, they're basically they're teenagers, but they don't have a clue of what happened yesterday or what's going on that actually directly affects them right now. And um, I'm not sure how to wake them up, but I saw that you give back to, to the community and you talk to high school students, which I absolutely love. So as a motivational type speaker, what do, what do you tell these students? And I've seen even younger. So what do you, what do you tell these students? Well, I always, <clears throat> I always make it a point to, um, before I tell the students anything, I'm asking them questions, right? Because even though, you know, on paper, I may know more than them or I may have a, a larger knowledge set than them or something like that. They can still teach me something. Um, and it, it also helps frame whatever I'm about to tell them. Right. So I, I come into a class. I was speaking to a classroom full of boys recently and I asked them just one question. I said, what do you want to be? What do, what do you guys all want to be? Let's go around the room. What do you want to be when you get out of high school? And they told me one of three answers, every single one of them. 
they said either they want to be some sort of athlete, mm -hmm. uh, they want to be either a rapper or a singer, some sort of like, you know, musical entertainment, or they want to hit the block. They literally want to be a hustler on the block. Wow. Right. And I'm, this is in Oakland, California, but this is, this story is not one that's so unique. You're not going to find it in other places because I hear answers like this from our youth in other places. And yes. I honestly, I don't want to fault the youth for this because a lot of this lies on our shoulders, on the generation that came before them. Mm -hmm. We didn't pass the torch well enough. We didn't, you know, we didn't create enough opportunities for them to see all these different things that they can potentially be when they're thinking that their ceiling is so low that all they can be is a hustler, a basketball player or a rapper. That's our bad. You know what it I mean? Is. Because, because, you know, little Jojo is looking up to dude on the block. He's looking up to dude on the corner because he got, he got women around him. He has a car and it looks like he has money and, and fame. Like, why wouldn't I want, why wouldn't I want that? Right? right. But he doesn't see all the other things going on. Like remember that when little Jojo took a vacation, that wasn't really a vacation, Joe, you know, uh, or not Jojo, but dude on the block, he was in jail. And so they don't, they don't know about that. And we, we glorify a lot of these things still in the music, you know what I mean? And, and in other parts of our culture, we're glorifying this whole jail thing. And yo, you're not a real black man unless you've been to jail and all this other stuff. We need to show them other avenues of how to be a, a black man, how to be a black woman without falling into these 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 pitfalls that are surely out there for them. But yeah, I, I love speaking to the youth um, because it keeps me sharp um, and in <clears throat> in the things that they're facing, they may they may tell me some stuff that I'm like, oh, that's how your teachers are treating you. Okay, hold on. Let me just go talk to let me go highlight this teacher real quick. And let me go highlight the principal real quick because I don't I, I don't want that happening. You raise your hand and they don't call on you. And so you just decide to mess around and, and get on your, you know, your your phone and you're texting people and you're not paying attention. You got the earbuds in, listening to music because because you're not getting the attention you need. Let's fix that. You know, and that's something that I went through even in high school. I could have went a completely different route had it not been for my parents, my mom, my dad, my mom. You know, something like that would happen. She would show up. She would show up in Spanish class and be like, oh, really? Oh, really? You're, OK, let me just see what's going on. She would sit there in the class and I'm, I'm sitting there embarrassed. Like, oh, man. My mom's is, is for real sitting in row three right there. Okay. You know, but she would, <laughs> she would take mom. a real vested interest in what's going on in the school. I know that a lot of people don't have that. You know what I mean? So we need to think more hive minded, more community minded. It takes a village minded and start all chipping in and, and weighing into these, these children's futures because their future is our future. You know what I mean? Right. When we get to be, you know, 60, 70 years old, who's going to be running things? It's going to be them. You know, honestly, okay. in 10 years, who's going to be running things is going to be them. All the revolution movements and everything like that, it always starts from the youth. The youth mm -hmm. are the ones on the front line because they don't have any fear about any of this stuff. And they're, they're willing to stand up for what's right. We have too much to lose. They don't. And, yeah. and they're going to have to fix all the mess that we made. Or I want to say we, yep. I, you know, some of us made. So, yeah. And, yep. you know, it's not unique what you said. I find the same thing I'm here in Florida. Same three answers. And yeah. I'm, you know, teaching them television production. Most of them are taking it because they need an art credit. So what I tell them, I said, look, you know, if you just learn this, you will, you have something to fall back on. You will never have to go hungry. You can always put a free ad on Craigslist. I can do birthday parties, whatever. If you have a camera and a computer, that's all you need. You know, I said, you can develop all the rest of the equipment as you go. 
but you, I said, you will never go hungry. I can't tell you how many times this skill has saved me in between jobs or in between me starting a business or whatever it is I was doing at the time or make, give me freedom so I can do things. I said, so, and then the other thing you touched on, which is like very dear to my heart because it happened to me. I grew up in West Philadelphia. I didn't see anything. I didn't, all I knew that is I wanted to be a mom because I saw my mom and dad who were together, love each other so much and my mom being a good mom. I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't know, think there was anything else out there for me. You know, I, I when the first time I even saw this might sound a little bit superficial because it kind of is, but it's um, I saw Vanessa Williams win Miss America. That was the first mm. time I even had the thought that I could do that. Maybe I yep. could do that. And, you know, I've been in patents mm. as an older person. Yeah, but I never thought until I saw her do that. And it was something that I always admired. And I was like, oh, look at the pretty dresses. Look at the pretty people. You know, I wanted to be one of those people. But that platform opens up the world to you. So I'm always, even though that's just something small on the side, I'm always telling parents to show your children more than what's just in the neighborhood. We need yep. mentors who have made it to show them what is possible. We need that to happen for these young people because you don't you just don't have a clue so i totally agree um i see leslie also one of the the people that joined us leslie and i was the next thing i was about to talk to you about is supporting black businesses um Mm. so because the community we need help in so many areas especially to develop black businesses but we need to support those that are here that are in the neighborhoods even if we have to travel a little bit further to support them um you give them a platform to do that uh so but how can um, black businesses support even what you're doing yeah, um, that's that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, black people just supporting other black people. You know, I'm not saying you have to eat at a black restaurant every single day mm-hmm. for bre- breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, but, you know, why not? If you're going to go out and spend your dollars, why not put it uh, put the green dollars in some black hands? Right. <clears throat> every other community does this um, well, but ours. But I think we're starting to we're starting to get a little bit that that feeling back again. Um, you know, uh, and, and not just on an event like, Hey, it's, it's spend, you know, money with a black person day or something like that. That's great. And I said, definitely support those, but we have to, we have to put this in our normal lives. We have to make this a part of our normal lives. You know what I mean? You go out for lunch and, you know, a coworker says, Oh, you know, where do you want to go to lunch today? Whether they're white, black, whoever, where do you want to go? Oh, let's, let's go to, um, let's go to Kingston 11. You know, the, the Jamaican spot that I know is owned by a brother. You know what I mean? So and, and it's not only getting black people to spend money at black places. Let's get some of them to spend money at black places as well. I'll, you know, right. I'll, I'll gladly accept their money. You know, not maybe not for I love being black shirts. You know what I mean? But if, if it's a restaurant or, you know, a hardware store or whatever it is, you know, an auto repair store, certainly they're going to accept their money as well. So let's let's. Let's get in some new funnels of money coming into the community instead of only trading our own money around. Let's get some new, let's get an influx of new money as well. So we definitely support black businesses, whether it's locally here or whether it's internationally when we travel. Um, And, you know, they support us back. They support us back. A lot of times they're like, hey, hey, you know, you you posted this on your page and, you know, all kinds of people are, you know, giving us energy. And, and now they know about this one little restaurant in, you know, off the Chateau Rouge stop in Paris or something like that. Um, thank you so much. Hey, here's a free, you know, curry chicken and rice or something like, that. oh, oh, bet. All right, cool. You know, even if it's just something little, we're still we're still working to help each other. We're still we're still using that uh, that brother sister system, that barter system, that black system. 
Um, and I love that everywhere we go, it seems like um, there's like this black coat. There's a black coat, whether it's a nod, whether it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm be like, hey, look, I heard this was a black owned restaurant. I appreciate what you're doing, X, Y, and Z. We were up in Sacramento yesterday. We went to a restaurant called Pangea because a, um, a brother, uh, a friend of mine named Judd told me his buddy, uh, Rob, uh, uh, owned the place. So we went up there. I spoke to the brother, met him. First thing he did, he's like, hey, man, you know, first round's on me, blah, 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 blah. So I, I, I had a meeting, but I was like, let me have the meeting there. Let me have the meeting at his spot. So, yeah, we definitely like to um, – to uh to help out the black owned businesses and just get some more shine on them you know as well okay okay so let's we got to wrap it up now because it's only a 20 minute show so i don't want to keep you too long but i want to end with just kind of saying like you know you said early in the show that a lot of people who aren't black don't think it's like some sort of joke or something like that so I just want to make sure we make sure they understand that this is it's not a joke. Like we really are proud of who we are. It's nothing against anyone else. It's just we are proud of who we are um, and everyone should be able to celebrate everyone else's culture and you know to see the beauty in it. It's nothing wrong with it. Like for me, I like being black. I like my caramel skin tone. Like some people are out on the beach trying to get this right now. I love that my right. hair is so versatile. I can do yes. anything to my hair. I can make it look like theirs tomorrow. I can have it look like mine today. I can color it pink if I want. I can do whatever I want. I have an afro. I can have afro puffs. And it don't take much effort to do so. I love the versatility. I love how our people come together for family cookouts and we have like crabs and, and we come and my family's come together every Friday. I love how when I go back to my family that we're still close knit, even though we might not have seen each other for three years. I love that. And I love that I can call my mom. I call my mom almost every day. My children call me. I love that. It's all about family for me. Mm-hmm. I want to know, you tell me, what do you love about being black? Man, um, and you're right about, you know, different people thinking it's a joke. But again, we don't even spend that much energy on them. You know, they come to our page. They say, you know, let's say, I love being white. Ban. You know, oh, stupid <laughs> nigger. Ban. Okay, okay, okay. Ban. You know, ha, 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 this is such a dumb page. Ban. It's like we don't even, I'm not even going to spend time engaging yeah. them in the conversation. But, but yeah, in terms of what I love about blackness, what I love about our community, I love our resiliency. I love the strength of our women and the beauty of our women. I love the strength of our men, the brothers that step up and they're doing the right thing and they're representing and the sisters, not trying to downgrade sisters. I love that. Um, and I love it when, you know, when, when we just show love back and forth, brothers showing sisters love, sisters showing brothers love, sisters showing sisters love, brothers showing brothers love, and just lifting each other up because we need that. None of us have got to where we are based on our own merit, right? We all need help. We're not pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps. Other people are paving the way. Other people are creating opportunities, even if they're unseen, you know, so um yeah, I love all this stuff. I love all this stuff. And we need to get it out of our heads that like, um, you know, a lot of times I'll hear, oh, Africans don't like African-Americans. Man, that's terrible. That's terrible. Stop thinking that because I've been to 11 different African countries and literally they're waiting for us to come back. They're, they say we've been say waiting on you. Thank you. That's for what I've experienced. Welcome yeah. home. That's Welcome what they home. tell you. There it is. Yes. Welcome yes. Home. And that's what I experienced. So, so that I kept saying, that's a lie. It's not true. You guys, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, the people that talk the most now don't have any experience about and what they're talking about. They heard something right. or saw Never something been on there. television. Yeah, if yeah. you got if that that's you, you you're wrong. That's not how it works. So yeah. yeah. 
I don't know why the people are the loudest that don't know what they're talking about and and they don't have any firsthand hearsay as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. Well, I want to I want to thank you for coming on. It's been so, so refreshing just talking to you. And um, I put your website up there and you can get to his Facebook page with the six million plus followers. You guys, you, it's amazing to see all the support there. Um, and I just want to thank you. I hope you come back again sometime soon. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us. If you're watching, be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Black Parenting One everywhere from Facebook to Instagram to Twitter. Uh, please join us there. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon. So stay tuned and you'll see our updates about our next talk. And uh, you know, hopefully we can get uh, Kumi to come back. All right. You guys take it. care. I would bye love bye. to. Bye I would bye. love to. Thank you. Bye bye now. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon.